Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Episode 18. Journaling 101, The Secret Ingredients to Happiness, with Katie Dalebout. Welcome to the Alternatively Healthy Podcast. I am your host, Becky Rabin, personal trainer, wellness coach, and founder of online wellness magazine, Alternatively Healthy. This is your high-vibe, soul-soothing weekly dose of wellness, Each week, I will be getting up close and personal, bringing you conversation and insight with some of the wellness industry's most renowned health practitioners, coaches, experts, and thought leaders from around the world. Through our podcast, we hope to give you all the information, resources, and tools that you need to help shape the healthiest and happiest version of you. Katie is a writer, host, and wellness cheerleader. She is the founder of the wellness-focused podcast, Let It Out, and she is also the best-selling author of the book, Let It Out, A Journey Through Journaling. At times, she writes about her feelings elsewhere on the internet, including her Let It Out letter. Katie, her feelings, and all of her plants live together in Manhattan. She is an advocate for journaling and finding your true happiness through writing it down on a piece of paper. Hi, Katie. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm super, super, super excited to have you. And I know our audience will be too. This is a subject I'm really keen to explore. And I think it's quite a new topic. There's not much talk about it in the UK. But you're based in New York, aren't you? Yeah. And I don't know, is everyone into journaling? Does everyone do it there? I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of people do it. I don't think as many people talk about it yeah my book about journaling came out in 2016 so it's been a couple years and the more I talk about it the more I find people and we can get into this people have resistance to it or people either kind of love it and do it in their own way or they have a lot of resistance to it there's kind of no in between yeah amazing and we're totally going to get on to all of that so today's episode for those of you listening is all about journaling it's a 101 on journaling the one-on-one on how incredible it is. And this is something I'm really excited to bring because as I've kind of mentioned to you previously when we spoke in every single episode that I did in the first series, there was 15 episodes, I assessed them all at the end of it. And I was like, what's so interesting is, you know, I spoke to people that were talking about gut health. I spoke to people that were talking about their archetype, Ayurveda. We kind of like covered so many different elements of health. And what was so interesting is that every single practitioner, doctor, expert, whatever kind of area 
area they were coming from, every single one of them said, you know, it's so important to journal. It's one of the key, key things to happiness and success and getting what you want out of life. So I'm super excited to have you on today and I'm a big fan of you and your work. But firstly, I guess I've obviously done your bio, but I'd love to introduce you properly to my audience. So tell us a little about yourself and how you've come to where you are today in terms of talking about this message and why it's so important for you. It's so interesting. I love what you shared about how it's something that everyone can agree on. Yeah. And it's something that vegan or paleo yeah. or you know, whatever, we can all agree on, on journaling. I love that it's so amazing. much. I was it's never funny. expecting that. I was not expecting yeah. it at all. Yeah, it really has been the most helpful tool in my life. It gives me self-awareness. And I think that's the first step for change and growth and anything in terms of self-care in terms of wellness you know kind of the space we're both in self-awareness is key for any mental wellness physical wellness all of it and journaling that's the biggest thing it gives me right there you know it can be deeply uncomfortable and I think that's why people have resistance towards it because it puts a mirror up into your face to look at yourself and really face what's going on in your life and sometimes in life we want to cope and sometimes we want to solve you know like sometimes we want to just tune out and watch tv or turn to food or turn to controlling our food or turn to drugs or alcohol or our phones technology overworking like whatever behaviors to not have to feel our feelings yeah and that's fine i don't think that that's bad i think eventually though when you're ready you will have to feel your feelings whether that's being vulnerable with a friend or with a therapist or with your journal, you will have to sit with yourself and look at what's going on in your mind and face yourself, which can be deeply uncomfortable. For me, I got into wellness and mental health and journaling. You know, I didn't grow up keeping a diary. I was someone who like, I wouldn't consider myself a writer. I didn't think I had anything to say in particular, but when I was at the end of college, my career was in this malleable place and I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And then the interesting thing for me is that I had an eating disorder in college. So by the end of college, I was in treatment for that. And that meant that I got into therapy at a really young age. And so I got into personal growth and self-development and I was reading every self-help book and I was learning everything I possibly could. And I was overwhelmed by it. You know, I kind of had self-help exhaustion, like really young and wellness exhaustion. I was reading every diet book. I thought that the answer was like in some guru in some person outside of myself, you know, making my body really great or if I had the perfect career, whatever. Yeah. And I found myself in a bookstore with a gift card and of course the self-help section trying to buy the next guru that was going to give me the answer to all of my conundrums of how to be a person in the world. But I pivoted out of the self-help section into the stationary section, totally on intuition. And I just bought this colorful journal and I spent the summer outside writing in it. And it was cathartic for me. It gave me relief and I didn't know why, but I know now the reason was because for the first time in a really long time, maybe ever, I was being raw and I was being real and Mm -hmm. I was being unfiltered. And I was saying, my really, really dark thoughts that I was afraid to admit to anyone, even someone safe, like a therapist or a friend or a coach. 
And I was saying my really light thoughts, like my lofty goals and aspirations that I was afraid to admit to anyone because I thought it would be laughed at or then I would be responsible for going to get them, you know? And so I kept all this in me and eventually I let it out in my journal, which is the title of my book and my podcast. It's all my stuff called Let It Out because I did that. I fully expressed myself in the journal and you know, that was really just a training ground for me to be able to bring that vulnerability into my relationships with other people, into my therapy, into other modalities. That's how I started journaling. And then to quickly give you the rest of my bio, because I've already like talked too much, but basically I had a blog called The Wellness Wonderland and then that became a podcast. And then as the podcast grew, I eventually got a book to deal with Hay House and my book about journaling came out in 2016, which is essentially 55 journaling prompts, journaling exercises, as well as personal essays for me, everything from getting organized and feeling your feelings and relationships and creativity mm-hmm. and organization and productivity and the tools I made for myself and my friends, because as journaling was so effective for me, I started recommending it to other people and they were so resistant to it that that's why I wrote the book. Yeah. I mean, it's, amazing I think it's definitely something that I've been on a journey with I guess since I launched the podcast at the beginning of the year is that someone said to me and I can't remember who it was they were like the moment you put pen to paper nothing compares magic happens and you get answers that you just never even knew were there and I think I really have learned that myself that like you know I'll ask myself like why am I feeling this way how am I feeling what does this make me feel or like why has that showed up for me and then I'll write and I just can't sometimes even believe what comes out like it's so subconscious I didn't even know I was thinking that so I guess taking it right back to the beginning in the UK it's marginally like people don't have therapy here younger generation of people it's just not a thing my family all live in LA so I'm really aware that like it's quite an open thing people are really open about it and honest about it in LA and New York about the fact that they have therapy but here people don't and there's such a taboo around it I'm sure people do quietly but they kind of already have to be in a really really sad sad bad place and there's this like surface level of people so for someone who is completely new to this and they keep getting told they need to start journaling they need to start journaling I guess firstly what actually is journaling like what does it mean what does it mean to journal that's such a great question and it's interesting because where I grew up no one I knew did therapy I'm not from New York or LA, I'm from the very middle of the country in somewhere called the Midwest, where it's probably similar to where you are. Yeah. It's not really acceptable to be in therapy. So I totally get it. And journaling, I often say, is like pre therapy or like, you yeah. know, obviously it's not a replacement for that. You know, if you need that, obviously get help. And it can be a great supplement to therapy. That's how I use it now. Yes. But it can be a window in of kind of doing what a therapist would do with you to yourself, yeah. which is listening to yourself. What I say about journaling is it's essentially writing down the thoughts in your mind as they come. You know, Mm -hmm. it's writing down how you're feeling in real time. And a lot of the big piece of resistance I got from people, journaling was helpful to me. And then eventually I would kind of recommend it to other people, but I would be like, you know, there's just a weird thing journaling. Have you tried it? Like I was kind of apprehensive. And They would say, oh, you know, I'm not a writer. I wouldn't have anything to say. And journaling essentially is writing as we speak. So I said, okay, well, I wasn't really a writer. I didn't think I had anything to say, but I have thoughts. And I can write down my thoughts and become aware of my thoughts. And when I was researching for the book, I realized we have over 60,000 thoughts a day. 
And a lot of those are repeat thoughts. A lot of them are thoughts we're thinking on autopilot that we've been thinking since we were kids that might even not be effective or helpful. They might be holding us back. They might be keeping us small. They can be really damaging. With journaling, you know, I think it's writing as we speak. If you can write a text message, you can journal. If you can write an email, you can journal. It's just having a conversation with yourself or your intuition or your highest self as you would with a good friend. You know, when it feels really great to get off the phone with a friend after you shared something vulnerable and it feel kind of this release, journaling can be a similar sensation of admitting to yourself what you know to be true. And so... We have all these thoughts swirling around in your mind. If you can take them out of your mind, put them on paper, then you can look at them and decide which ones you want to listen to, which ones you want to water, which ones you can throw away, which ones you don't even really believe anymore. We have all these different voices in our head, not in a pathological way, but just, you know, we have one voice trying to keep us safe. We have another voice that's trying to get us to have fun. We have another voice that wants us to get our work done and trying to sort through all of these different voices to understand what we want to listen to in the moment. That's what journaling does. So, you know, there's keeping a diary, which is like writing down what happened that day. There's journaling, which is writing it down how you feel about what happened each day. So to get started with it, I always say, you know, if you ask yourself a good question, you'll often get a good answer from your intuition. So if you ask yourself a question like, why is everything so horrible? then your brain will come up with reasons why everything's so horrible and it will tell you. But if you frame a question kind of in a positive way of how can I improve this situation, you'll be surprised that if you write on that for five minutes, for 10 minutes, you'll actually come up with solutions. Mm. So that's a great way to start. And then I think a great question to just ask yourself if anyone wants to do this while they're listening right now is just, how are you feeling? If you ask yourself, how are you feeling? And genuinely take the time to answer that question fully and completely. It's interesting because we ask each other that all day long, but to actually ask that and listen and listen to yourself and without fear of judgment, you know, that's the great thing that journaling does. It's like, even with a great friend or a therapist or whoever, there's a little bit of judgment with other people because we're human. And there's a little bit of filtering that happens because we're human. Or I'll speak for myself, I want to be liked, you know? And so with my journal, I don't care about what other people are saying or thinking because I just simply can write for myself without the intention of anyone else seeing it or reading it. I love that. I love everything you've just said there. And for everyone listening, I never wrote a diary. I've never really been one to let out my feelings. And it's definitely been a journey I've been on the last two years. And that's where I started was with how am I feeling? Or I felt really shitty today because someone said this and then be like, okay, why did that upset me so much? Because they didn't mean it personally. So then I would just start writing. Or if I'm blocked with work, I find it really helps with me sometimes like, okay, right, what am I doing Am I overdoing things? What things need to be streamlined? Like, it's just amazing, isn't it? Like, you just write and you don't even realise you're doing it. So is that where someone should start by asking themselves a specific question? And should they always kind of put it in a positive light first? I think actually forcing yourself to put something in a positive light is kind of the opposite of journaling. Like, you want to always be really real and authentic to what you're feeling that day. So if you're feeling really sad and dark that day, write about that. Yeah. Let it out. My book is called Let It Out because when I was a kid and I was sick and like had the flu, 
and I needed to throw up. It's gross, but she would just be like, okay, let it out. You got to get it out. Or if I had a cold and I had a runny nose, she'd be like, okay, let it out. Blow your nose. Let it out. You got to get that stuff out to feel better. If you're sick and you need to throw up and you held in your throw up, this is so gross. But that would make it worse. Like, you have to get that negative. You can't, like, be like, I want to think of something positive instead of throwing up. It's like, well, you got to throw up first. And then you can do the positive kale. You know, right. it's like you can't eat the kale and the greens until you throw up first yeah. and get the bad stuff out. I think that's so, the biggest, that's the amazing thing. We'll go on to like the resistance side of it in a bit because I do want to. But I think that's where you've like hit the nail on the head is something in my line of work as a personal trainer. And, you know, I've got people coming to me. They don't have like severe eating disorders, but they have like surface level eating disorders and body dysmorphia and kind of obsession with exercise. And like for them, the hardest part is admitting it because they feel like that's going to then lead them down a path of feeling the emotions. But I've said, you know, as someone who's been through it myself, the admitting it and the going through the emotions was the most freeing part because you let go of it. And it's just getting people to kind of, I guess, like you said, throw up. I love what you've just said there. So perfect. I know that you talk a lot about how journaling opens up self-awareness and magnetism. And these are two kind of things I really want to just hone in on a bit because what do you mean by self-awareness and magnetism? Because I know that people listening to this, like these are new terms for a lot of my audiences who are kind of starting to get there and maybe are a lot more open to being self-aware and magnetized. But what do you explain those kind of two things to be? Self-awareness is, it seems like it's something that we, and some of us are better at this naturally than others. Like my boyfriend knows what he's thinking and how he's feeling all the time. Like he doesn't really need to journal, you know, like it's just, he's so aware of his feelings and emotions and he's like generally always good. Or for me, I'm up and I'm down and I'm worried and I'm anxious and then I'm fine and then I'm happy and then I'm really sad. Like I'm like so everywhere in a day. And sometimes I'm not aware of even what I'm thinking unless I'm writing. So self-awareness gives you the pause to check in with yourself and know where you're at so you can know where you're going or where you need to be or where you want to go. Yeah. That's self-awareness. Amazing. And that's probably one of the most key things if you're looking to build a healthy life as well. Being self-aware and in tune with your body is kind of one of the most important elements, isn't it? Well, I'm the same yeah. as you. I'm very up, down, roundabouts. Yeah, one minute I'm amazing and I feel on top of the world and like I can actually completely achieve anything. And sometimes, sometimes I'm like, oh, what is going on here? I think it's a yeah. creative thing. I do think a lot of people who are creative or in this kind of help healing kind of role yeah I think for sure people who are creative just a temperament of people like people who tend to be a little bit more anxious or feel things a a bit differently than other people I think it's definitely more common in women all of my friends relate to us to you and I with this all of my women friends and then it's very few people who I know who are really steady and you know like I said my boyfriend's one of them he journals but he journals for a very different reason than me like he'll do you know something that I call in my book the morning dump but <laughs> it's based off of Julia Cameron's the artist ways morning pages which is three pages typically like front back front of stream of consciousness just letting out your thoughts in the morning yeah. and mine is a little bit more directed with questions than it's in my book but he'll do something like that just to kind of write what he's feeling right about his dreams his might be more creative and meandering and it might not be all about him it might be about 
ideas or lists or like morph into other things. And when you were asking before about like, if you think that journaling should be positive, like you should focus on the positive. I was saying that, you know, first you have to let out the negative. And I find if I'm doing something kind of like morning pages or I'm just stream of consciously letting out what I'm thinking, often I'll start off really negative. I feel terrible, blah, blah, blah. But eventually if I do it for a little bit, like yeah. down the page, I'll start to self-soothe. I'll mm-hmm. start to, it'll kind of sound like yesterday was horrible, but today is better. And this is how I'm going to shift things. And I'll start to see the positive and I'll start to notice improvement and lean towards improvement little by little. And that will happen as I'm writing, which is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. And, and naturally, the- it happens about trying. Yeah. That's the best part. It's kind of like you heal yourself, right? Yeah. If people are going to be really cynical about this, because I always get questions as well, not cynical, but like I get questions from people like, okay, well, if I'm, you know, I'm trying to encourage people to meditate, they're like, well, when do I do it? How do I do it? How long should I do it for? Like, it's the same with exercise. What kind of exercise should I do? Where should I go? How should I be dieting with that? Like people stress about the kind of logistics before they actually do anything. So is there a specific time of day? Is there a length of time? Or is it really just like tuning into you and what works for you? Yeah, I get asked this question a ton too. So this is what I say about it. We have so many different wellness routines and habits and things that we want to do that are essentially shoulds often. And I don't want journaling to be another should or another thing you have to do on your long to-do list because, again, we have so many. I don't want to add to that. People are so busy in life. I really look at journaling, you know, I say in the book, there's two types of journalers. There are the, what I call SOS journalers, maintenance journalers, and people who are kind of in between. So SOS journalers are people who don't really journal, but then they do when there's something big that happens in their life that they need to process. Like they almost feel pregnant with an emotion they need to release and let out. So it's like a big transition in life or a breakup or a new job or a traveling or something like that where they'll sit down and they'll, they'll check in with themselves. And the maintenance journalers are people who kind of check in daily or weekly. So sometimes mm-hmm. I'm checking in often or I'm doing like my version of kind of morning pages or I'm checking in in the evening and sometimes I'm not. So that's just to say that like you can kind of cycle in and out of this practice. It's just like riding a bike. You can come into it and come out of it. And as far as length of doing it and time of day, I think the morning is a great time because you can kind of check in with yourself and how you're feeling that day before you start your day. However, I know that for me and a lot of people, that's not a luxury they have to like spend a lot of time in the morning. Like they might have kids or they might just need to like get out the door and get coffee or breakfast or maybe they're meditating or maybe it's not something they can add in in the morning. And that's really fine. I think maybe it's something you can add in on a weekend when you have an hour and just spend some time with yourself and carve out the time. Or, you know, I also think in the evening is a really great time to journal, like checking in with yourself, how the day went, how you want tomorrow to be, and just kind of dumping your thoughts out before you go to sleep. I think that's really lovely. But again, sometimes I just don't feel like it at night. Like I'm too tired. I can't even be bothered to like feel my feelings. And I just want to talk to my friend or I want to, watch a TV show or I want to read and I want to kind of escape and that's coping, not yeah. solving my feelings, but that's okay. And that's why I really don't add like a time limit to it or a time of day. I think it can be done anytime for any length, but the ideal thing is just that you do it eventually. Yeah. And do you advise that people should do it so that they literally are just like, how am I feeling? Or should they go quite niche with it? 
in terms of like, okay, if it's career focused, relationship focused, body image focused, are you quite a fan of honing in on one or is it literally like just don't even think about it and just write and see what happens after you've asked yourself a specific question i think whatever you want to write about or you need to write about will rise to the top if you ask yourself how you're feeling and you're having a really bad body image day or you're really in it with your relationship that's going to come up with how you're feeling because it'll be like i feel really bad that's because i'm in a fight with my husband or whatever and that will come up or whatever so that will just come up. And if you want to do something in a more directed way, that's when I would say to use a prompt, like use a journaling prompt, because what those do, what good questions do, and my book is essentially, you know, 55 good questions, yeah. can get you into the corners of your mind that you wouldn't previously explore without a question, because you don't know that it's somewhere you need to go, or you don't even want to go there, maybe. Mm-hmm. And the questions in my book ask everything about organization to your relationship with fear your relationship with a higher power your relationship with your career with your relationship and you're kind of being like okay I don't even know if I want to know the answer to this question but you're you're like I'm gonna go there and see what comes up and that's what a good therapist would do you know that's what a good friend would do they would challenge you and that's what a good journaling prompt would do amazing so your book obviously came out in 2016 as you said let it out so in the book I guess as you said it gives you 55 different questions and it breaks down all the different types of people, different types of journalers. What else can someone expect to get from your book? So the little journaler thing, that's just like a little thing in the beginning, yeah. but my book is broken up into five sections. So there's tools for getting organized, tools for feeling your feelings, tools for health and healing and body stuff. There's tools for journaling like out in the world and journaling in relationship to other people, internal journaling, So there's all these different tools, everything from organizing your life in your closet to your fears and how you want to interact in the world and your career and and then a lot of creativity. They're not just questions, they're exercises. So there's like personal essays from me and then it'll go into an exercise. First answer this question, then come back later. It's kind of like a scavenger hunt for your mind, like very directed. You know, some of the tools have like three or four steps. Some of them have like seven or eight steps it depends on which one so just going into a little bit more depth bearing in mind that the majority of my audience here are going to be people who are people who tend to be really mastering their health at the moment and that maybe perhaps for the last four or five years have hammered their bodies in the gym they've done every kind of restrictive diet there is out there they've followed every different workout program from this different person this different influencer and they're kind of at that point now where they're like okay what do I want from life I'm just really trying to be happy I want to be confident in my body I want to love what I look like and I want to just be me what are some of the tools that journaling or how can they start journaling I guess their way to healing or mastering their relationship with their health I know it's quite broad hi I'm Daniel founder of pretty litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. ...topic, but I guess taking some of the elements from your book that are more health-related, what are some yeah. of the kind of areas you'd advise them to, like, look at? Yeah, there's a tool in my book about body image, yeah. but I think one that I would give right now is to sit down and ask yourself this question and maybe give yourself 10, 20, 30 minutes, however long you can, and ask yourself, what is my ideal vision for my body? Yeah. Like, what is it that I really want to feel in my body if I had the ideal body? Like, I want to feel energized and I want to feel beautiful and I want to feel like I can do anything and awake and I want to feel like I'm confident and write those things down. And then I would write down, what do you think having this ideal body shape for you or whatever it is, what do you think that will give you in the world? So will it give you, that means you will have love or that means you will have a career or that means whatever it is. And like write down those things because it's never really about the body. It's about what you think the body will bring you. Right. And so write down that and all those things you're desiring and feelings and all of it. And then after that, I would look at the two things and I would look over like, how can you feel those feelings now? So if you looked at feeling energized or feeling confident, how could you have more confidence now? If your body wasn't to change, why is it that you feel like you can only have that? Because a lot of that is social and societal and might not actually even be true. So questioning that, getting down to like, why do I think that that's what I need? And really taking a deep look at that. So I think that could be a a good one for people to think of. Okay, maybe I can get those things I think having a different body shape would bring me. I can bring that into my life now. And I think that could be really powerful. Yeah, and I think that was a big journey for me. I remember when I just started, I just launched a program called The Body Project. And it's essentially a 12-week workout guide. But attached to it is an online program where I'm coaching people through mastering their body image and through really tackling why am I working out? Because until they master what they want to feel like and how they want to feel, they will never get the results on the outside. And I toyed for a long time with, should I actually put the workout element to it or should I just leave it and let people master their insides? I was like, well, no, because the point of it is that I want people to still move. Moving is incredible. I don't want them to fall out of love with moving, but it's just taking down the pace, lowering the intensity, not doing so much a week. But I guess that was the biggest thing in my head was the body image. I, for years, had this body image that actually 
was perceived as I guess amongst so many girls as like the perfect body image and I was unhappy completely unhappy and I've really really talked about that quite a lot throughout the podcast and on my own platforms it wasn't until I really got down to writing out like okay what do I want what am I chasing here what is it what do I think that the having this good body is going to give me is it going to give me happiness is it going to give me a relationship is it going to give me love and that was what it kind of all boiled down to was that I was actually really just craving feeling good and wanting to feel loved and it wasn't until I was journaling that I actually came to that enlightenment, I guess. And it changed my whole perception of why wow. I work out. So I love what you've done and the exercise that you get people to do. Because it is, it's just all about feeling, isn't it? Totally. And I remember totally. someone asked me once, we were at an event and someone said to me, what do you truly want from life? And she was like, write it down on a piece of paper. And I sat there for like 10 minutes. I couldn't write anything. And then I just started writing and my hand just started writing. And all I wrote was, I just want to love what I do every day. I want to love the people that I'm around. I want to wake up and enjoy every element of the day. I can't remember. It was just everything I said was, I want to love doing this. I want to love doing that. I want to love doing this. And then I, I guess I, I ended just writing like, I want to feel loved. And it was so interesting and I just burst into tears the moment I wrote it. And it was a really bittersweet moment because I've always been extremely loved my childhood. But I, again, I've spoken about this quite a lot in the podcast, but my father died before I was born. So there was a big loss of love that I didn't have. And it was like such a changing moment for me. And that all just came from a bit of pen to paper. Yeah. The most amazing change in my whole perception of everything I was doing in my career, my job, everything came from me writing out something on a piece of paper. So... I definitely think what you've said there is incredible. And I guess moving on from the body image element, the biggest thing that I see with a lot of the girls that come to me for coaching and stuff is their comparisons to others. And I know you've written a really good piece on this that we've published on the site. So how can someone use journaling to stop comparing themselves to people that they might see on Instagram or social media? Or There's a tool in my book called the Compare and Despair tool. And it's about comparing despair, but it's called concern yourself with you because it's something my mom used to say to me when I was a kid because I was constantly like well she had this in her lunch and she wore that and but you know even back then before there was social media I can't imagine when growing up now with social media like what it I can't even imagine but what's interesting is that years ago we just didn't know as much as we do about other people's lives other than big celebrities but we knew that that was fake Mm. where now even though we know that like it's the highlight reel it still feels more relatable than like a celebrity would in a magazine so years ago we just didn't know what people were having for breakfast you know and now like I know it's someone I went to high school with had for breakfast yesterday you know like we just have more to be able to compare our lives to and so I think if you can just really focus on what it is in them that triggers you and realize that the fact that you're feeling jealous or envious means that whatever it is in them that you're seeing is also within you, but it's unawakened or it's not expressed. And that's why you feel uncomfortable. And what you can do is just take that And write on that of like, okay, why is it that that person is making me feel triggered? What is it about that? And then write on that and then be like, how is that something that I have within me? Whether it's a good thing or it's a bad thing, it's also within you. They're annoying. Like, how are you annoying in your life? Or if it's uh, they're really successful and they have a relationship like you want, where is it that you could 
also have a relationship like that? Or where is it that they're being creative and expressing themselves? How could you express yourself? So is that the next step then? So you essentially writing, you know, you're writing out how you're feeling, what's making you feel that way, whether it's a comparison to a person, whether it's a, I feel really shitty today because I don't feel great in my body or she's got all of this success or she has all these followers and I don't have those followers. Once you've written, is it a case of like shutting the book and being like, cool, that feels better? Or is that what the next step is? So if you're saying, okay, well, she's really annoying because she's really successful. Everything just comes to her. Her followers are growing. She's helping all these people in work. I'm just really like randomly thinking out here. What's the next step then? Is it, where can I do this? Exactly. Where can I do that? Where am I hiding? Where am I blocking yourself? In the example you gave, it's like, okay, I admire her because she's being seen. Where yeah. is it that I could see myself? Or where is it that I'm afraid to be seen? Yeah. You know, just kind of asking yourself a question and then asking yourself another question. And just letting and it, the it, it, come. It's like, you know, it's a skill to develop. And that's, yeah. you know, why having my book but, or someone yeah. that kind of guide you at first is helpful. But eventually it's kind of a skill you can just develop and you can just figure it out and, and yeah. write as needed. You mentioned at the beginning the resistance to it. And I am so known to resistance of every spiritual practice I get myself in this four weeks of like I'm flying because I feel so in flow and so aligned and all my spiritual practices are in place and then I have four weeks of oh my god I'm not going to meditate today I'm just so not there and I haven't done it in ages and I'll, I'll try it and I'll do it for three minutes and I come out of it or I journal for five seconds and I'm in a rush so what is that what are those things that you were talking about stopping us from actually wanting to pick up that paper and write or actually pursuing it Yeah, I mean, I got so much resistance. I think the biggest piece of resistance is that we feel like we don't want to face ourselves. Like I was saying before, it's easier to turn to Netflix or it's easier to turn to something cozy than to face our feelings. So I think not forcing it and allowing yourself to do it when you're actually ready, just like you wouldn't want to have a conversation with your partner, with a friend when you were hungry and tired that was like a tough conversation like you wouldn't really want to do that because you're just going to want to get through it and you're going to not really be present and you're going to just be like rushing because you're not wanting to do it right then yeah do that with yourself be nice to yourself and be like okay you can just chill tonight but you're gonna have to feel this eventually just like you're gonna have to have that tough conversation eventually Mm. so have the tough conversation with yourself when you're ready and you have time and you have space you're not rushing and you can make the space for it so that's Mm. one thing And then, you know, I think people just have resistance to it of, like, generally doing something new they haven't done before. Or they feel like this is new. They'll feel like they're pretending. You know, there's this Mm -hmm. Kurt Vonnegut quote I always think about and I quote in the book where he says, we are what we pretend to be, so be careful what you pretend to be. And I think it's like when you try anything new, you feel like you're pretending. You know, it's essentially saying, like, fake it till you make it. It's going to feel weird. It's going to feel clunky if it's something you've never done before. But just give it a go. And eventually, you're not going to feel like you're pretending. I still am like, I'm not a journaling expert. I'm just a, a person who tries writing out my thoughts. Yeah. You know, like it's really not that big of a deal. But we make things such a big deal in our life and in our society. So if you can just try it without judgment and write without judgment you'll be really surprised at what comes up and how easy it is yeah it's such a good way to look at so you have your own podcast let it out don't you that's available on itunes what else spotify soundcloud all the places fabulous 
Absolutely. And then your book is obviously available on Amazon, Let It Out. That's yes. great. I'm just trying to think where everyone can find you. And your Instagram is just your name, isn't it? Katie Dalebell. Is that right? Exactly. Perfect. Exactly. I think we've covered all of the kind of things that I really, really wanted to cover today. I guess if I was to just finish off and say, what are your top five tips that you'd give someone that is starting out on their journaling journey? Five quick fire tips. Yeah. Okay. Number one is just do it. You know, just start. If this at all sounded interesting to you, try it right away. Don't lose the momentum and just see what's up. Number two, I would say don't judge yourself. When you're writing, make sure you're writing exclusively for you, not for someone else to read it, not even for your future self to read it but exclusively letting out the thoughts in your mind without judgment. This is not writing an essay or writing a message or writing a letter. This is just writing for you. So it doesn't matter if someone will read it. Write as if no one would read it. Like, don't let anyone read it. It's really just for you. Yeah. And then, you know, the next one is, like, ask yourself a good question. Really go there with yourself. Allow yourself to feel your feelings. We often kind of push our feelings aside because they can be uncomfortable, but on the other side of, fear or worry or whatever the uncomfortable emotion is, is happiness and love and bliss. And we're meant to feel the full spectrum of emotions in life. So let yourself feel all of them. And then another thing is if you feel like you're pretending, just keep going. And there might be days that you want to do and days that you don't, but never force it. And, you know, we just kind of covered that and try something new. You know, the best part about journaling is that you can do it in between moments. It doesn't have to be a big production. You can even do it on your commute. You can do it in your phone or on your computer. I think handwriting is sometimes slightly better because it slows you down a bit more. Mm. You know, I can type almost as fast as I can speak and I speak really fast. Yeah. But I can't write that fast, so it forces you to slow down a bit. And just be really present when you're journaling. I don't even have to say that. Journaling is one of the few things you can do that you have to single task for because with everything else in life, we can kind of multitask and do a bunch of things at once. But with journaling, you can't really be writing an email and also journaling and also listening to music and also working like you can really just do the one thing and that's really special and rare unfortunately in our yeah i think that's probably why it's so amazing isn't it and we find such relief from it because it is the only way that we can physically be present and not be able to do anything else and i think that's why podcasts do so well as well because you're kind of tuning out from all your other distractions, even though you can do that while you're walking and listening to them. I think we're just craving less visual, more real time connection. I actually started journaling two years ago on my laptop and I dated it and I wrote what happened, like literally physically journaling on my laptop, even though it was great. And I always felt great after it. For me, it never does the same thing at all. I never get the answers that I get when I journal, when I actually physically write. Yeah, and I definitely do both, too, and I think that both are great. It's just I would challenge people to try doing both. You know, like sometimes it's easier. I'm on a plane or it's more comfortable and I'll I'll do my computer. And and it's nice because that document, I have a big document that I date and I write in often, and that's searchable, so I can search for names or places and I can kind of find gems if I want to. But also, yeah, like don't be precious with what you're writing. You know, you don't have to make it sound really great or make sure you're writing positive things. Don't be afraid to let out the negative things or the things you're afraid to admit to yourself or anyone. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. 
all of Katie's details will be below in the show notes and in the bio of the iTunes. So you'll be able to buy her book, listen to her podcast, follow her on Instagram. But thank you so much for joining me. I know this is going to be so useful for so many people, for the people that are doing my program, for just my genuine audience. So thank you so much again today for joining. Thank you so much for having me. It was so nice talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. You have been listening to the Alternatively Healthy Wellness Podcast Series by Becky Rabin. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please feel free to leave your comments and feedback below and don't forget to give us a lovely little rating. For more information on our podcasts, other episodes and to find out more about what we do, please visit www.alternativelyhealthy.co.uk. And remember, shaping the healthiest version of you means looking purely at you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.